Ciao e benvenuto a Think About Eurovision, un podcast del Eurovision con me, Chris, un fanatico del Eurovision del Regno Unito. And if you didn't understand a word of that, neither did I, because this time we'll be looking at the 1991 Eurovision Song Contest. Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. And today I am joined by my two new co-hosts. Um, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Chrissy. I'm a Eurovision old timer and have been watching it since 1967. So I'm here to fill in the gaps that these youngsters don't know about. I'm Maddie. I'm from Canada. And I know little to nothing about most Eurovisions, so this is a very exciting prospect for me. So yes, um, we're back for a third series, and today we'll be discussing the 1991 Eurovision Song Contest. Now, sadly, uh, Kim has had to step down from the podcast, unfortunately. Um, family matters and real-life issues have stopped her from taking part. Um, so, unfortunately, family always takes uh, precedence, so... Um, thank you, Kim, for the enjoyable time that we've had making this podcast together, and I hope we get to speak to you again soon sometime. Um, but on to the 1991 Eurovision Song Contest. Um, Alora, I should say, because that is a word that was used a lot. Exactly, yes. That's, yeah. Alora. Alora. Mm. Um, so I don't know who this Alora is, but she's very popular. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't, Toto could not stop talking about Alora. Yeah. God, he was a pain in the backside, wasn't he, from start to finish? <laughs> so, yeah, the um, 1991 Eurovision Song Contest in Rome, because it was moved from San Remo, uh, which is, it was going to be held, held in San Remo, the spiritual home of Eurovision, as a tribute, because uh, the San Remo Music Festival is what inspired Eurovision. And then sadly, the Gulf War came along and they went, eh, it's not the best security location. Let's move it to Rome. And we ended up with a delightfully amateurish production. Yes. I've heard a lot of people who um, took part in this um, contest interviewed and they all say it was a shitstorm. So, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know. I can assure you coming into this fresh and not knowing anything about this and not seeing any Eurovision like pre-2000, I was just like, this is a great first impression because this is... If, if this is where it starts, it can only go up from here, right? That's that's the idea. Well, that's the thing, uh, Matty. It did start there, but it started there in the 1950s. By the 1990s, we got used to somewhat higher production values, so it was a bit of a shock for all of us. Because I, of course, I did watch this in real time, of course, whilst breastfeeding a 10-week-old baby, so give me a prize. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it was charming in a, in a certain ramshackle, shambolic way. Was it? Um, well, I just <laughs> thought it was a bit um, Italo-centric for a start because they actually broke the rules by not doing the entire thing in either French or English because those are EBU languages. And it has to be in one or the other. So, you know, um, you can see Frank Neff is, you know, very, you know, trying not to get out of his chair and take over most of the time. Mr Neff. Yes, Mr Neff. I always wanted his job. I should have, you know, I should have been there. Um, yeah, um, my, I could probably understand the odd passing word if it was in French. In Italian, I was watching it and I was like, oh, because it was last when I watched this earlier this week, it was the first time I've ever seen a 1991 contest. I've never seen that one before. And so 
I was shocked to find they, they speak in Italian throughout. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely not the case. I mean, in all of the other ones, you will find they, they speak in either French or English. And in, usually they speak in, uh, you know, half and half. Even even Terry Wogan and Ulrika and what, do some of it in French because though them's the rules. And so the, the, the Italians here just, just broke all the rules. So, yeah. Yeah. I think they just maybe didn't care. Yeah. They're just like, let's just let's just do it. We'll have fun. And, you know, maybe just... not be the most organized, but also let's not be the most organized. I, that, that implies that they made it a, you know, a decision not to be the most organized. I think that just happened. That's what you do when you give Toto Coutinho too large a role in anything, I think. <laughs> I mean, the Italians are a very laid back people. And that's why they took great old age. They, you know, they have a healthy Mediterranean diet. They don't get too wound up about things. No, no um, milky coffee after midday. Well, after eleven, actually, I think, isn't it? Is one yeah. of the rules. So, yeah. you know, they were relaxed. They they enjoyed themselves. They had a, a little chit chat between the songs between themselves. Yes, occasionally you could hear it over the um over the postcards <laughs> as well. That made me laugh. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so so I thought that Gigiola looked pretty good twenty seven years after her win. I couldn't believe that she was old enough to have won Eurovision twenty seven years I beforehand. Think she was only about fifteen or sixteen because Still. the whole the song means I'm not old enough, so it's slightly <laughs> creepy words. Yeah, um, that is a little bit on the sinister side, but yeah. no, I mean for her age at the time, she looked impeccable. Yeah. She was about forty three or forty four, I think, when that when that was filmed. I, so I honestly wouldn't have said if she was a day over thirty two. Yeah, I do think like they all looked fantastic. I can give them that. <laughs> it's that Italian Mediterranean diet. It's those lovely. Uh, even though it was nineteen ninety one, the fashions were unremittingly late eighties. That hair and everything, you know, that everyone had the humongous hair with lots and lots of hairspray and and i had i've I've made various comments as i as i go down going i had that dress or i had a dress just like that because you know it's my era darlings yeah see i would have only been three years old during this eurovision because yes if my maths is correct yes because you're three years older than my daughter as we've so shall we move on to um the lovely yugoslavia oh yeah I think I might have enjoyed this song more than most of the others. And I feel like after reading about it a little bit, I feel that's a very unpopular opinion. But uh, she didn't sing great. She didn't look great. She didn't dance great. The song wasn't great. <laughs> You've but got low something... expectations, haven't you? <laughs> it was the first song coming into 91. This is like my big impression moment. And she comes out. I'm just like, okay, yeah, she's fine. And I really enjoyed it. But why is she singing about Brazil? It, like, what is this song? <laughs> well, well, people use lots of different uh, methods of trying to, um, uh, especially when they had to sing in their own language, of trying to make things a bit more international. So if you could put in Asta Manana or, you know, Rio de Janeiro or something like that into your words, it, it's it's a hook, you see, for, for, the, for the Finns and the Portuguese alike to get hold of. That song yeah. is no more Brazilian than a yeah. Las Iguanas restaurant. <laughs> For any uh, listeners who don't know Las Iguanas, it's a terrible chain restaurant who do generic Latin American food. Yeah. Well, I gave her a 7 out of 10 for a performance, I must admit. I thought it was quite well done. I just I also gave her exactly 7. Yeah. So I'm just like, I feel like we're on the same way. My notes for this one was Little Flat, Confused Dancer, Don't Hate the Song. Yeah. Those and are the, my notes. And a boy does the splits. I noticed that as well. 
I quite enjoyed the quite aggressive dancing from the backing dancers. <laughs> it was like like really intense aerobic workout. <laughs> yeah. So but yes, it didn't la- 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 um, didn't score well for me. Um, on my arbitrary score of a, out of a hundred, I gave it thirty two. Thirty two. Oh, oh my! No, I know. I'd be up in the sixties, I think, for the overall. <laughs> but it got better because we moved on to one of my favourite Eurovision countries, Iceland. So uh, Stefan and Afi. Apparently in Iceland, this is still really, really popular. And a lot of Icelanders, if they're asked what's their favourite ever Icelandic entry, they will they will quote this and start singing it. So, really? Yeah, really. It's a very, very decent song. Like, yeah. um, it was like, think of Eurovision, it often lags behind the times. Often. This song felt very 90s. It didn't yeah. feel like an 80s song that was like going, oh, time to do Eurovision now. It felt like a 90s song. That's a great sort of like, you know, noodly guitar licks. And I really appreciate the long-haired guy on cello who looked like he um, should be a member of Apolo- uh, Apocalyptica. If I knew who they were, I would agree <laughs> with you too. I was just thinking at the time how much I enjoyed watching the orchestra and how, how lovely it was to see them all. You know, you know there's a whole load of Italians there and they've had to learn 22 songs and they're – Picking up their, you know, their their violins and getting going, and I, I miss that. I really do. When did they stop doing that, or was this something that they only did for a period of time? Or I suppose it was probably about the mid nineties, was it, that the th- orchestra stopped? I would say about late nineties, because I know ninety six definitely had the orchestra, and I feel like ninety seven had the orchestra. Yeah. Um, but ninety ninety eight onwards, I'm not certain. I'll pop it yeah. in the show notes. Yes, um, because you know they all. Matty, you'll have missed, you know, in most years in the previous to this, they'd have introduced the um, uh, the conductor in quite a, you know, a, an over-the-top way as they walk on. And, of course, in 1974, the um, conductor for Sweden came on dressed as Napoleon, didn't he, for Waterloo? So, yeah. <laughs> yes, a moment none of us forget. Um, yeah, uh, I don't, personally, I don't miss the orchestra because I feel it limits music. I know a lot of people would like to have the orchestra back, but when you think about a lot of music these days, it uses like, you know, digital instruments and things that don't fit in an orchestra. Yeah. Um, you had Gina G back in 96 who had to have the computers on stage to represent the digital music because back yeah. then, if it was a featured instrument that wasn't part of the orchestra, it had to be on stage. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, that's no longer a rule. But, you know, that does come from the fact that they're using backing tracks. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't work nowadays, but I'm just saying that it was just so lovely... Um, to see the orchestra and you think, oh, look, somebody's playing the flute. <laughs> it is like, it really does add something yeah. to have that kind of backing behind the songs. And even the songs that I didn't like as much, you can still find pieces in the orchestra to enjoy. But there are also, just because there isn't really an orchestra on stage anymore, there is still that element of people presenting their music and their instruments on stage, which is kind of a, a, a carry through, I guess, from these days. But yeah, well, you know, as as um the Mickey taking song um love love peace peace says, if you can make up some kind of strange instrument with you know that an eighty nine year old man from the mountains will play, then do go ahead and put it on the stage because it'll, yeah. I was disappointed in love love peace peace when they replaced the uh, hot topless guy with the older fella. <laughs> well, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> Right, shall we move on to Malta then? 
Yeah, so Malta returned to the competition because uh, Netherlands took a step back as it was a um, memorial for the dead um, sort of uh, holiday. I, I don't know. Well, it, it was like a national sort of public holiday. Yeah. Um, so they stepped back because they weren't going to do it that year. So we got Malta. Um, it was a very, very 90s song again. I could imagine like Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston singing that one. Yeah. I've written here exactly the kind of soppy duet I hate. I really, you know, it's all that, you know, Peebo Bryson and what have you, you know. Uh, and and I've, I've written written here, love, love, peace, peace. We're in love, you know. And, and Paul has what my husband and I would call estate agent hair, that man's hair that's all poofed up and back because every estate agent we knew back in the 80s and 90s had hair like that. So, yeah. And I was just saying how the lighting was very unforgiving, I thought. It was it was like, you know, trying to watch the TV when you've got the, the main overhead light on. And, um, yeah. I just, my only note for this one was White Lionel Richie does an <laughs> awkward head dance with Georgina from Black Monday. It was, it was off her hair. I was watching it and I'm just, I'm not like a super fashion person. I understand that might have been the fashion at the time that doesn't make that hair acceptable like she was when the only thing i remember from the song was how awful you were to look at then that's you know problematic but that being said i feel like it was harmless it was white bread it was simple it was silly it was it was what it was and that's all that it was what could you say yes exactly um Yes, I, 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 you know, I just thought that, you know, how many of the singers just had to kind of stand there on it. It looked a bit like a school concert, you know. Yeah. Stand here on this well-lit stage and just not have all the kind of bells and whistles that we have nowadays, you know. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I didn't hate the song, but that almost makes it worse. Because when you don't hate something, you don't love something, it just becomes boring. Yeah. And it, this was just boring. I don't know what they were going at with it but whatever it was it it's this song is definitively not timeless yes exactly it was bland and middle of the road and by hoping to appeal to lots of people essentially didn't appeal appeal to very many yeah that being said in my overall rankings this is actually number 15 right then so um one of my favorite parts was greece because i mean two reasons i like that that song legitimately slapped i like that song a lot yes but that song was great but also the absolute schadenfreude of the saxophonist just ballsing up that solo. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who pointed that out because I felt bad and I was... Apart from that, like it was legit. I There's one song in every Eurovision that I call the Bond song and that's the song that sounds most like a Bond theme. And for here, it was between this and Finland and I feel like this one edged it out as the Bond song. That's a good description. Yeah. So Sophia Vosu with Anixi, which I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that because I don't speak Greece, but yes. it translates to spring. Anixi, yeah. And yes, I've got here um, the up, up, upbeat chorus after a slightly droopy verse I've written here. <laughs> I'm a seven, It's a seven <laughs> out of ten for me. I'm not. Can I just tell you, boys, that 1991 as a contest contains my favourite Eurovision song of all time Ooh, do we get to guess it no i'm not telling you <laughs> it's france isn't it <laughs> is it the song that opens up the contest because that legitimately no, slapped um, as well 
I went to a, um, a dinner party about 10 years ago and the, the host did this brilliant thing where he got us to um, um, answer a load of questions about music and then he found all the music and he played it and this, that and the other. And because they all knew I was a Eurovision fanatic, one of the things was your favourite Eurovision of all time. And of course, lots of people don't know much about Eurovision, so they come up with the obvious winners. And, they, and I, I said, no, this one. And I remember the, 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 the host going, well, I had a bit of trouble finding that on them, you know, but... But I own it as a seven-inch single. That's all I'm saying. And I just love it. I that means you win. Love it. So, um, yeah, well, we're not there yet, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I like Reese's song. It legitimately slapped, even to the point where I wasn't annoyed by the scatting. And usually scatting would drive me absolutely loopy. No, that got me. I hated the scatting. But I loved the rest. This song got a 7.8 from me, only because I felt like it was slightly higher than other sevens and slightly lower than the eight. Boys, boys, y- young people, what does scatting mean? Yeah. Right. Yes, good, I know now. That. <laughs> the great thing is that you proved now it's not Welcome enough. to the Think About Eurovision <laughs> Jazz podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so even that didn't annoy me, um, which says something because I usually hate anything jazzy. I totally, I can totally understand that feeling. For me, I just couldn't get past the fact that she looked like a Grecian Bonnie Tyler. And my only my only note for this has a good verse. Let's do it many times. Yes, yes. I well, I've written something much more unkind about her looks, but I'm not going to say it on 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 a, a podcast that might go out in public. <laughs> so after her, we had Switzerland, who sent Sandra si- yeah. Sandra Simo or Simo, I'm not sure, with Canzoni per te, a song for you. Yeah. Um, it's canny to sing in Italian, isn't it? When you're when you're going to Italy. Oh, is that Italian? It is Italian, isn't yes, it? Italian. Well, of course, it's one. I'm not very good at languages. No, I've oh, good job we've got you. Yeah. Um, well, I thought she was incandescently beautiful. This girl. Yeah, I mean. She struggles to find the first note, but after that, it really was a decent song. And I'm a musical theatre kid. I've, I've mentioned it occasionally. And this had like that big musical theatre bombast, and it's good use of the orchestra. Yeah. Although it was a bit spoiled by the fact that somebody walked along behind her in the middle of her yeah, her performance. <laughs> yeah. And you think, I only in Italy, really. I saw that too. <laughs> uh, for, I don't... I have listened to these songs multiple times and this song, Austria and Luxembourg, the three that came, I just called them the three key change songs. And I still have trouble recollecting any one of them from the other two. Well, well, all Eurovision songs generally have a key change in them. That's one of the, almost one of the rules, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yep. You drink when there's a key change. Exactly. And I've just put here, decent song, gorgeous singer, but not much of a performance. She literally just stood there, really, didn't she? And you think, I, I, I was yep. thinking about modern day Eurovision, if you've just got somebody to just, just stand there. <laughs> and you think, yeah, quiet. It must, does make you concentrate on the song, but then, of course, Matty, you couldn't remember it anyway, so. I mean, sometimes just standing there and singing a song yep. works. I mean, we've got um, Conchita did that, yep. and... Uh, Little Five or the Mouse from Portugal. What's he called? Yeah, but they still had a bit more in the way of, um, you know, uh, stuff around them, presence. didn't they? Yes, you know. They, yeah, it, it, character. Yeah. You need character. Yeah. To do a park and bark, you need to have a very, very <laughs> strong, strutted... Um, like, you need to have BDE. You need to have that strength <laughs> of character. You need yeah. to be able to swing yourself around. And, yeah. I don't know, taking... Also, as a musical theater kid, like to do a park and bark, you really need to make sure that your character is the performance. Yeah. So to have something that's just so uh, limp, like like it was it was noodle noodle songs. 
No, I, I love that expression, park and bark. I'm going to use that now. So oh, it's yeah. excellent. Yeah. Take it, take it. It's, right, it's now, a good... can, we, can we move on to poor, poor, poor Thomas? I also have heard he had um, been, um, he, he entered for uh, Austria two years previously. And goodness me, he was hot. He, um, part of his, um, his, the video, he was um, topless and he just looked gorgeous and he was wearing this fabulous suit and he came about fourth. And then he came along two years later with the most hideous, hideous outfit and dreadful mullet and, um, and a nondescript song and, and just sort of collapsed. Very strong mullet game there. Yeah. yeah. I've just written ghastly hair and ghastly outfit, you know. I, I don't think it was the worst song, though. No, exactly. I mean, also, it was a bit, not my yeah. worst. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was just nondescript, wasn't it? There, so. there is a song coming up that just makes me recoil. I suppose it's the one I love more than every any other in the world. Be interesting to hear if that is the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, another song that felt of its time. It didn't feel like an eighties song in the nineties. It felt like a nineties song. I didn't love it, but you know, it was okay. Uh, so Thomas Force now with uh, Vendish im, Ra- im Regen. Vendish im Regen. Thank it's you, German. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was wearing pleated Oxford bags the way my boyfriends from 1976 would have worn. So well, it's already 15 years out of date. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, I said song and performance doesn't deserve thumping last, I've written here. No, absolutely didn't. It was better than Nilpois. Yes, exactly. One, I think could have come i mean for me i did put the next one last yeah. i know not last but i put it close to last sorry um i put it like third from last luxembourg sarah bray with un volé, a stolen yeah. kiss um See, i completely disagree <laughs> i put it fourth from last oh goodness That's, yeah yeah <laughs> Won't do, I'm Chris. now really, really nervous that you're both going to so hate the song I most love that I'm going to have to kill you both. <laughs> well, that's so, fine. I had a good life. Yeah. <laughs> I've written here, um, huge earrings, a theme, obviously, this year. Perhaps Thomas Forstner should have worn some, is what I wrote here. He might have looked better in them. Yeah. Well, he certainly had enough ear going on, didn't he, really? <laughs> that's what the mullet highlights. Yes. Yeah. You know. I've Let's take his... all your best features, your ears, yeah. your ear, <laughs> the fact that you're not wearing earrings. <laughs> yeah, standard rousing ballad I've put here, but, you know, a bit meh. Yeah, just pause me. I, I think she had a gorgeous voice, though. Yes, yes. Like, I love, like, uh, female singers with that husky tone. I'm like, yes, I yep. want to hear more of that. that. That's literally my only note for her. I had, yeah. like, her voice, key change. That's my only <laughs> notes from that song. It means yeah. it doesn't stand out. Yeah. yeah. But the ne- next one. Oh, yeah. the next one. Really. I mean, the next one, if anyone was feeling a bit drowsy from two quite middling songs. Three songs. Three, well, three songs in a row, yeah. yeah. Corolla came and just woke everyone in the theatre up. Yeah. Because, um, uh, so, Farmguard are then Stormwind, um, captured by a Stormwind. I've probably butchered the pronunciation. Long established fact on this podcast, I, I can barely talk English, let alone yeah. any other language. It was translated for the English version as Captured by a Love Storm. Do you remember that? Oh, that's a lovely title. Yeah. Um, well, somebody sent me um, um, a video of Corolla 
quite recently with Ro with Ronan Keating um, doing a song. And now she's quite a, a well-upholstered uh, middle-aged lady now. And someone said, Chrissy, Chrissy, didn't she win Eurovision? I said, yes, can't remember which year, dressed as a pixie with a wind machine. And when I saw her again, I thought, I got that right. <laughs> well, she was one of the ones who did the middle... Um, in 2021, where they yes. did the past uh, past winners, she was one yes. of them, wasn't she? They had yes. Lordy and they had yeah. Mans and... She's always turning up on these things and she's very good at taking the piss out of herself, having herself blown off things by a very strong wind machine and stuff <laughs> like that. So she, she's, she's a good girl on that front. Yeah. I always appreciate the, the former winners who will come back time and time again yeah. to be like, yeah, Eurovision, it made me. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I've written I've written props to her for singing like this whilst dancing actively. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, she was. I was dancing in my seat listening to it, and mm. um, on the way to the cinema earlier today, um, I listened to that a couple of times because, like, this is just fun. It um, really is. It's. And I I love the backing dancers who look like they're fresh out of like American Psycho the musical. <laughs> yes, I was wondering about that because I'm just like those suits are not light. <laughs> and even if they're made light, that fabric, that's either spandex or polyester. So even it doesn't matter how light it is, it's still not going to breathe. So those backing dancers are dying. They're yes. just, <laughs> by the end of the song, they're three feet under. And we just need to give them back. Th thankfully, that song gives life. That's, yeah. if nothing else, that song gives life. Yeah, I bet those dancers did not want that song to win. They're like, oh, we've got to do it. <laughs> Get in the lads. I, I, this was one of the ones that I was just like, I feel like every time I'm just biased to Sweden and this song may have been one of the starts of it because, yeah. you know, since then I've, I've loved it. This is my number two song of the night. So it wasn't my number one, but I loved it. It's so much it's fun. My, it's my number three, I think. So. so I had difficulty picking between this for my number one and the other song that I drew with it, France. Yes. Oh, These oh, Two songs back to back. What a musical treat. Two completely different songs, wildly different, but both fantastic for completely different reasons. Yeah. Because um, Amina for France, who uh, brought the last to have spoken, I, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Le dernier qui a parlé qui a C'est le dernier qui a parlé qui a raison. Oui, merci. Oui. Merci. Um, because <laughs> uh, my French is bad. Um, my first time I watched it, I didn't take any notes. I was transfixed. It's I was beautiful. Like, yeah. It's a haunting song. It's yeah. musically massively interesting, like the North African, uh, Tunisian sort of musical elements, yeah. like the syncopation. I think if I was to guess the time signature, because I'm not very good at time signatures, I think it's an 8-4 time signature. So it kind of like rolls along. It's not like 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. I think that's the time signature. I could be wrong. I'm not that great up on my music knowledge when it comes to the technical stuff. But the first time I watched it, I was just transfixed, like that, that sort of haunting kind of ah, moment. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What a song. And they say by uh, in with modern, um, with the modern rules that um, France would have won. Yes. Yeah. And it does. It deserves to. Yeah. I, I was. I was just like crown them both. They're both yeah. great. So I, I've written should have won. She is no beers. I've written here. <laughs> so you think they should have won? So is this your favourite Eurovision song from this year, or is that nope. still to come? This is my number two. Number so two. Three, oh yeah. Three, yeah. This is my number one with a bullet. 
Like this song was everything I love in one song. Beautiful singer, beautiful voice, incredible. I actually, the only note I have for this is genuinely love it. Yeah. And that's rare for me. I usually wrap everything in a nice dose of, you know, sarcasm <laughs> to make it go down easy. But this time I was just like, I was, it's great. I will listen to this regularly from now on. I, I think, gun to my head, I would refuse to make a choice between this and Sweden for number one, because Sweden, just a great, upbeat pop number, but this, just a, a fascinating, musically interesting song. Mm-hmm. Both this brilliant. Song, yeah. I think that this song also just has an element of timelessness that the other, yeah. that the Swedish song does not. Yeah. So this song could come out today and do okay. Yeah. But that's because most music today is awful. But this is something different. I feel like this could have easily been an entry in 2022. It won't be, but it could have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Turkey, um, who brought Iki Dakika. Again, I can't pronounce words. But, oh, nice. This is one nice. that you love. This is it. This is my favourite Eurovision song of all time. For the listener, Chrissy just put up her note saying, I love it, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, to our, our camera, so yes. you could see. I um, know the dance routine. I've got the record. I used to sing it to my children. They know all the words. You know, I'm sorry. And uh, it became very famous in Turkey. And um, I heard um, the bloke being interviewed the other day. And he was, you know, saying, Ikidakika, two minutes in, in Turkish. I'm sorry, but I just love it. I, can't, I don't know what it is about it. It ticks every box for me. I'm not well, going to lie. This song <laughs> is my number five. Oh, good. Thank thank God for that, Matthew. Yeah. I thought it was going to be your number 22, and then I was nope. just going to cry. It's number five, and my only note for it is game show theme. This yeah. song is a game show theme. It's fun. It's peppy. It's bouncy. I could easily hate this song. I just happened to land on this side of the coin. I'm pretty yeah. sure Chris feels otherwise, but yeah. <laughs> Chris and I are about to fall out in big time. Yeah, Icky Dacky is not Icky. Yeah. It's, it's not my least favourite, but it's my second from the bottom. Oh, you're joking. No, I instantly hated it, but not as much as I hate another one. Um, what, what do you not like about it? Because it sounds like Let's Dance by, um, you know. It, it, was, it sounded like kids' TV music to me. It's a game show. It's a game yeah, show. Yeah, game show music. And it's like the, the ending has like a da-da-da-da-da-da-da kind of thing. <laughs> not not that exact melody, but it's, it felt like that at the end. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, we'll all learn the dance and we'll do it together. Exactly, That's... I think so, yes. <laughs> I, I did enjoy Toto completely and repeatedly mispronouncing the title. On purpose. On purpose. Mm. Oh, what a hilarious because joke! Then, because then, about the fifth time, he said it properly, and she, should, the girl, she just sort of rolled her eyes. You could see her thinking, "What we were all thinking, really." <laughs> he was just so funny, <laughs> wasn't he? Just still yeah. laughing. What yeah. a great comedian! Yeah, and he wasn't at all creepy with the young female um, uh, oh. contestants, was he? No. Well, I have no. to say that between him and the UK comment, uh, I watched it once with. Just the straight show. It's called yeah. Woke Front Online. And the second time I watched it, or sorry, the first time I watched it, it was actually with the UK commentator. But he just kept telling about how good looking the women were. And I was just like, this 
Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> so that was that was my thought. But well, I've mentioned how good looking some of the women are. So yeah, it's just an age thing. It know? plays a little different now, I guess. I don't know. I'm judging from. Well, am I allowed to say what I think about the Spanish bloke when he comes along? Because oh, you, know, abs- you are absolutely entitled to your wrong opinion. Yeah. I think that's one hundred percent valid. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know it's going to be my wrong opinion. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it wasn't my favourite, but there's something still to come that I really cannot stand. Is it the next one? No. Okay, well, what did you think of Kim Jackson in Ireland? So, with Could It Be That I'm In Love, I put, Hello, musical theatre. Hello, Irish sound of the 90s. Hello, I cannot remember you. Mm. Because... I, I bang in the middle, forgettable. Yep. Terrible, terrible dress. Terrible dress. I don't know. Terrible who. dress. Terrible yeah. dress. And I've written, these close-ups are unforgiving. Well, I thought out about quite a few people. Not that most of them could just about take it, but I thought, that's still not kind, going right up to the side, and it's all their lips and teeth and everything, right. about an inch from the camera, you know? <laughs> Was this the one that had the dancing in the background that you couldn't see because they kept focusing on her yellow teeth? I don't know. <laughs> Which again, not her fault. Not critiquing her. That's just bad cameras. No, they they didn't have dancers. They just had backing singers. They had backing okay. singers, the women with um sweetheart neckline dresses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember yeah. this one barely. Yeah. And she had a lot of she had a lot of hairspray. Yeah. She had several cans of hairspray on her head. So. Yeah. This one is my number thirteen. Mm-hmm. Perfectly in the middle. Instantly forgettable. Yeah. It's just I've got. I've, I've got. Yeah, I've got four out of ten for performance, five out of ten for song. So yeah, that's me going. Yeah, yeah I gave it fifty out of a hundred. Yeah, yeah. My arbitrary scale of one hundred because I'm like, this is fine. <laughs> this is the most intention that song's ever had. Yes, they should be welcome for it. <laughs> Great. So I'm in Portugal. <laughs> yeah, um, we had two. This is one thing with the random drawings. You end up with two bland songs next to each other. You end up with two amazing songs next to each other. They don't split yep. them up. Um, I put this like forty-five out of a hundred. And I put it for 13th. So, you know, just meh. Yeah, this song is actually my 17th. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but notice how much she looked like Celine Dion, but like the 80-year-old Barbara Streisand version doing Celine Dion cosplay. Like, that's my vibe. I liked her dress at the bottom because it had that nice sheer part. That's about all I liked. I'd pay to go see that show. Yeah. <laughs> Needs to be done by a drag queen. Oh, absolutely. How else do you do it, really? <laughs> I've, I've written she's got a strong voice, so that's good. And I've got, I had that black dress, but without the weird see-through bit at the bottom. I did have the oh. long black gloves as well, so. See, that would look great on you. <laughs> darling, darling, you're so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've written here, I'm missing Terry's commentary. He didn't have much time for Mr. Cotunio, I've written here. And he was, and Toto was creepily flirting with this one too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I I skipped past some part of that because a I couldn't understand, but I could also understand too much. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to speak Italian to understand what was going on there. No quite, yeah. no quite. <laughs> uh, next up, we had uh, Denmark. Um, Anders Fransen with uh, right where the heart is. I think it was called. So I've missed off all my. I, I started typing it in the translation. Right, this heart of uh, mine. Right where the heart beats. Um. Uh, 
Uh, just something we haven't mentioned is all those that, you know, they didn't have proper postcards this year. They all had just to have to sing a famous Italian song. And I remember this bloke I've written, Ness and Dormer, a year after the 1990 World Cup, when it was the theme, is a brave choice because we were used to listening to, um, you know, um, Pavarotti. Uh, yeah, Pavarotti singing it. And you think, no, no. Well, that was the one thing I remember from this song is that and even though the postcards were whatever, they're they're there, yeah. they happened. Yeah. Lay back and think of England. Yeah. Uh, what happened? I remember that when I watched it with the British commentator, he was just like, Nessim Dorma, well, let's just say Pavarotti should be resting easy. I was just like, you yeah. shady bitch. I love you. <laughs> like, this is. Yeah, that's it. Well, well I, I've got, that's exactly what I've written here. You know, yeah. a brave I, choice, exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah, I remember the postcard more than I remember the actual song he was singing. Yeah. So that's not great. My only thing is I remember he was he started at a piano yeah. and he should have either stayed at the piano or set it on fire. Those oh. are the only two options, according to Eurovision. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're doing, buddy, but I I hate when someone's playing piano and then stands up and moves away from the piano. It annoyed me because I've been seeing respect for the Aretha Franklin film today. And there's one scene where she's performing at the piano and then she stands up and walks away from the piano and the piano still plays. I'm like. Oh, I don't mm. like that. It always annoys me. Yeah, it will always just grind my gears. Um, I don't remember much about song other than he had backing singers who looked like a br- group of ban- bank managers. Yes, yep. well, funny you should say that because I, I before I became a teacher, I did a couple of years up in the city, and I've written pale suits look like all the blokes I worked with. <laughs> so yeah, um, and I've written here dreary song, not well sung. One of the backing singers has got John Bon Jovi hair. Yeah, my notes are, are fairly similar. It says, fine, decent, just stay at the damn piano. And then finally, punchable <laughs> face. So those are, this was 100% my second least. This is number 21. Yeah, I've written worse than Thomas in my humble opinion. So yes, we don't think Thomas. No. So what do we think of uh, Just the Fun from Norway with Mrs. Thompson? I think the PTA doing the facts of life was having so much fun. <laughs> I think that they were really trying hard to enjoy having fun dancey moves. Um, This is like dance wine moms and their drunk husbands going out, having a great time. They enjoyed themselves. I, I didn't hate it. No, I thought this is number nine for me. I put in ninth as well. Um, Yeah. And I love that our commentary is very cinematic because I put that, I love that they have the vibe of a group of friends who met at Amdram and were like a group in like Birmingham and were asked to like bring a red and black look to the show, that kind yeah. of from the wardrobe. And then afterwards they'd gone out and done karaoke and had a right laugh. Yep. They they had fun. Yeah, I recognised two of them, of course, because one of one of them was part of Bobby Socks. So were one they? of them had won. Yes, the blonde woman had won for um been half of the winners for Norway in nineteen eighty-five. And the yeah. very, very tall bloke with the very, very long hair had sung for um Iceland in about the mid-eighties sometimes. And I recognised him. I thought, Jesus, because you don't forget him because he's about nine foot four and he's got hair down to his bum. So, you know, it's it's not a look that you see very often. Actually, um, I would argue that's a look you see very often in Iceland these days. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> really, well, he's not seen a picture of me, that's exactly what I look like of course yes. <laughs> i'm not five foot eight honestly um yes i put typical scandy men at two ends of the hair spectrum yes <laughs> they had a great time though it was fun yeah. it was yeah they were there they had fun it was completely inoffensive in every way yeah 
and I can still remember the tune, so you know, which is yeah. more than I can for all of those belting ballads that all just melt into one, you know. And as we know, Norway have the most last place finishes, and they didn't get one here, so no. that's a positive of Norway. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, one of the other top three uh, was Israel with uh, Duo Dats with Can, and for me again, um, my top three align exactly with the real top three because I put this third. Like it had like a really satisfying like plodding walking baseline. Um, yeah, very enjoyable for me. Yeah, I had this fourth. I think yeah. Greece beat mine, which I think Greece was your fourth. But yeah, I was. I loved it. It was great. It was very is. It was very Israel, which is you yeah. know. That's what side, you want. Yeah, had the sideways walk, didn't it? Yep. My only thing I didn't like about it was his hair, but of course not. So, <laughs> oh, his hair was bad. His hair. Was I bad. really, really, really liked her outfit. I would have worn that yes. in, that, in that era. You know, I will yoga still wear and, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, perhaps we should make that our um, our podcast uniform. What do you think? I would do it. But, yeah. you know, I have to rep my own clothing company first. But then but after that, for sure, I'll do Eurovision yeah. Inspirations. Excellent. Well, I've written performance 10 out of 10, song 9 out of 10. It's my third because yeah. Carola is actually only my fourth. So, yeah, I liked it. So after Israel, we had Finland who sent uh, Kaija Karkinen with Hulu Yo, A Crazy Night. And like that was like a meatloaf slash uh, Celine Dion or coming back to me now kind of Steinman vibes. Is it Steinman, yeah, this... not Steinbeck? I was getting too yeah, confused. Yeah, Stein, Steinman, Steinman. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was the one that they had, you could see it every now and then. They had these little beautiful backup dancers and then they would cut away from the backup dancers to focus on the most unflattering angle of her teeth. Yeah. I was just oh, like, what the, it, yeah. what the heck are you guys doing? This is really <laughs> nicely choreographed. This is nicely done. It's the only interesting thing happening. You don't need to focus on her Adam's apple. Like it's, it's, we don't need to see people's throat singing. It's fine. She was beautiful. Let her have that moment. Let the dancers have their moment. And it, I, I got offended on their behalf. And I was, you know, this was the other song. I was just like, maybe it's a Bond theme, but it's not the Bond song. It's not. No. No, I've just written deep voiced girly with lively backing singers, backing dancers. That's what I mean. I've given it kind of sevens out of ten, so you know. Yeah, mine's six point eight. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you're being, you know, really, really picky there, Matty, are you? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was just because it was slightly above my other sixes. Because by that point, I had to break it down a little bit. I ran yeah. out of numbers. Yeah. So I had to put decimals, which you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. After Finland, we had Germany, who sent Atlantis 2000. I love oh. anyone who's just like Atlantis 2000 in the name. Makes it sound futury. Yeah. Oh, my God. This one. Uh, with This Dream Must Never Die, because, uh, again, my German is not good. Dieser Träum darf niemals sterben. You are invaluable to this podcast already, Chrissy. I am useful, aren't I? Yes, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm the useless one. Yay. <laughs> I mean, they just proved how difficult it is for six people to sing the exact same tune and melody at the same time and it not sound bloody awful. Yeah, I've written the harmonies are not very harmonious. I've written <laughs> No. That being said, this is my number 11 song. <laughs> I don't think by choice. I think it just happened that way because I didn't hate, hate, hate it. But I felt bad for every one of them. I was not happy with their wardrobe and aesthetic yeah. choices. 
I don't know why they chose to, hey, let's base our entire band off of an American band. Why would you choose Starship as your inspiration? <laughs> like, there's a million bed Fleetwood Mac, yeah. you know, any, literally just about anyone. And you yeah. base your band around Starship. I said that the, the first bloke to sing, you know, the one with the little round glasses, you remind oh, me. Oh, I remember the, him. Yeah, I remember him as the guy that, that, that Joe marries in Little Women, you know, the strange German doctor. <laughs> who, you know, yeah. So, yes, a bit odd. Also, the inspiration for Professor Frank from The Simpsons. <laughs> I was. Not, I was. Oh, my gosh. This song shook me. I was shooketh. <laughs> um, I just. If you're if you're gonna have a, a great blonde belter, get one who can do it. Yeah, nothing against her, but just didn't go well with the song. Saying the same thing each. I have strong opinions about this song that I did not realize I had until right now. No. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Let's go to Bert. let's go to the nice sixth form boys from Belgium. Sixth form um, uh, Matty is kind of you know the the junior and senior year in high school, and they reminded me of some nice boys in my you know in my senior class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cluso with uh, I, I love the Dutch language because it just it just looks like drunk English at times. Exactly. Give it up. <laughs> give it up, which translates to give it up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love the fact they lent into the kind of who are the who are the only you know famous Belgians in there? Let's call them Cluzo, you know. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I put this. This is peak tapioca rock for me. Oh, tapioca rock—that's another new expression. I'm learning so much today. I create a lot of things. I guess I'm good at catchphrases. <laughs> so tapioca rock is that? Is that like? Rock it's music not- that looks like tap- this like has a sort of flavor of tapioca. Uh, first off, has to be white. Yep. Uh, yeah. Secondly, it needs to be something that people will enjoy but not love. But yeah. it needs to equally turn off as many people as enjoy it. I've written that he does Rod Stewart mic moves, all that business with the... Yes. But, but he is wearing black winkle pickers, which I can forgive a lot for because I love black winkle pickers on a man. So, yeah. And they were brothers, the two that looked alike. So I, I checked up. Yeah. I thought they were cute. Yeah, it was... Yes, it was uh, a bit cheesy and dated for me, and it felt sounded a bit repetitive. It sounded like the same words being repeated constantly. I don't yeah. know if it was, but it sounded and felt that way. Yeah, I, despite how much I hate this, it's actually <laughs> higher than I expected to be. This is number eight for me. Wow, I don't, I don't know how that happened. I, well, I don't, I don't hate it at all. I've written song eight out of ten, performance nine out of ten because. Yeah, because of those winkle picker shoes, I'm afraid they really, really added several points. You know, all by themselves. Yeah, you know what? A good aesthetic can carry you a long way. Yeah, yeah. And talking of a good aesthetic, let's move on to Spain. <sighs> yeah, Sergio uh, Dama with a uh, Baya Pegados. That means literally dancing stuck together. <laughs> I love little translations. Yeah. Um. More beige for me, duller than yeah. a rainy day in Milton Keynes. Exactly. This is my least favorite song of yeah. the evening. This is my I, number 22. Absolutely don't blame you. It is not a great song. I just expected it to go somewhere, and it yeah. not only went anywhere, I was exhausted by the end of it. <laughs> There's a line from a Maria Mina song where she's just like, it was a treadmill love, stuck at the starting point, only exhausted. I'm just like, yeah. yes, that, that is so how this poetic. Felt. And he does wink at one point, which is something it's hard to <gasps> forgive. 
I saw that. I wasn't sure if I'd imagined that or not. No, no, no. Nope. I'm glad that happened. There yeah. is nothing worse than a wink to camera. What you probably didn't notice is that Toto Cotunia was going on about how, oh, you know, oh, he looks like my little brother or something like that. And then Toto Cotunia was, so I think um, Gigiola must have kicked him. He said, oh, but much better looking, of course, he said, added after a bit, you know. So, so yes, so Toto was doing that kind of, hey, we Latin smolderers must stick together, you know, <laughs> vibe. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think there's much to say about them but i am super curious to know what you two feel about the uk entry oh i can tell you a few stories about this oh please do um the writer is a chap called paul curtis and he has written lots and lots and lots and lots of our entries of our near misses of things that didn't qualify and he does not have a good word to say about myth samantha janice because um does anyone well um he was superficially yeah. pretty yeah, well, the thing was, you know, she went through the Song for Europe thing and, and, and that was fine, but apparently um, she was going out with a fellow and he came along and they, they were out partying every night and so she wasn't looking after her voice and her mum was there and was making unreasonable demands and this, that and the other. And um, it was just so, you know, oh, God, she just can't sing. She just cannot sing the song. So, you know. Okay. Very much like Katie Price singing yeah. uh, Not Just Anybody in... Yeah. Um, uh, for for the um one of the UK you decide um yeah. ones back from the uh, early two thousands, she just cannot sing. She has one note and she yeah. belts at that one note. But this is a song I hate the most. Mm. It's not just musically; it's just annoying. Yeah, it just annoys me because it's like that love, love, peace, peace camp. It's like half the world is hungry, and it's like. What are you doing, Samantha? You're not achieving anything. It's not like like Feed the World, you know, a band aid, which raised millions. It raised loads of money. This raised diddly squat for charity. It did nothing to help the fact that there were people, well, there are people starving around the world. It, it was like, it's slacktivism. I hate this song with a fiery burning passion. Well, you should take it up. And it's not a good song either. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's um, you know, the writer um, is the man you need to take that up with because a lot of his songs sound very similar, it has to be said. He'd written the previous year's one as well. So, yeah, he does a lot and they're very generic. Um, but he was furious with her because she could sing it, but she couldn't sing it on the night. And that's just embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, but I've written less here, than I do. <laughs> I've I've written Toto is being so creepy. He even blew a kiss at her, didn't he, before she started. Yeah, singing. that was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, <laughs> just one of those moments. We just that was one of those no 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 moment. You know. So what what did you think of that one, Matty? <laughs> uh, the first time I heard the beginning, I put it like at around number seven. As the song went on, it ended up around number fourteen. As the song went on and I re-listened to it, 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 it ended up at number 18. And I feel yeah. like that's being generous. Yeah, that's very so. I generous. Think, I think 20 is probably, you know, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The, the My bottom four, I really disliked. Yeah. And UK, it's just like, well, it has that one moment at the beginning that I don't hate. And she looked like, you know, a Spice Girls ripoff five years before that became a thing. Yeah. But... You know, I will... No, nothing good to say. She went on to act in one of our big, big soap operas, you know, uh, under her married name. So um, um, her name is Samantha Womack nowadays. And um, she was in EastEnders for quite a long time. Not that I watched that, but I know she was. Am I right, Chris? 
Yes, yes, in EastEnders, I believe. I, I don't yeah. watch it either. There was one good point that about that song. It finished. Oh. It's good, yes. <laughs> um, Cyprus um, sent Elena um, with SOS to get 12 points from Greece. Of course, yes. <laughs> as, is, mm. as is the rules. It was aptly named SOS. Yep. Yeah. Um, she big needed help. Hair. Big, big hair, I seem to remember. Oh, yeah. Her dress was nice, I, I think. Remind I don't me. remember this song. I can't remember. I can't remember nope. the dress either. <laughs> yeah. I've got a my, bit of bit of flute and a bit of brass going on. My only note for this is aptly named. <laughs> How cruel you can be. Uh, that being said, it's only in 14. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's not my bottom. Allora, on to Italy. Yes. Uh, who sent a song in Neapolitan. Yes. Not the ice cream, the language of yeah. uh, Napoli. Um, and it felt like the appropriate way to finish a show. Yeah. I wanted to light my lighter up, and you know, because I'm still of the age where I do it with a lighter rather than a phone. It was one of those songs. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. it. Felt like a like a nice dolce at the end of the meal. Yeah, I liked it. My only note for this is why God why. Oh gosh, God, <laughs> no, I've, my... written, I've I've given it nine out of ten and nine out of ten. So. Oh wow, I gave it three point five out of ten. Ah, this is my this is my t- number twenty out of twenty two. Oh no, I like this. I think it's sweet. I put it fourth. Yeah, I thought it might be about, it's about sixth for me. Yeah. So that's the discrepancy there. That's yeah. Well, it's yeah. good. It's good that we don't all agree. It's it's it's, it's exactly how it should be. But there, there was um, there was one point during the 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 postcard you could hear Toto talking as well. You know, you're not used yeah. to used to sort of you know stupid little technical glitches like that. It's not normal. No, uh, and so that that was all the artists. And then we moved on to a, a brilliant interval act that we see. Audience seem to just kind of give golf applause. I know that yeah, drag. A, a, that, man, a man eating chi- eating tissues, though. I mean, what's all that about? That bit was weird, but I mean, like the audience completely refused to laugh at his visual gags he was doing. Um, I, like quick change in drag, basically. It was. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I I I absolutely loved this. The drag act in the middle there, because I'm just like, you don't see a drag act mu- magician. That doesn't happen with quick change elements. That's great. And then they came out in yellow face. Now it's just like, oh god, yes. this entire <laughs> thing is making me die now. Yeah, that and then it, bit in the middle was unco- very uncomfortable. I was just like, oh no. But you know, I'm I'm looking at this through 2020 glasses, and yeah. it's like, you know, different time, different era. Doesn't make it okay then. But I'm just like, I understand. Uh, uh, he actually currently still holds a world record for the fastest quick change act. Um, I, I wonder how that's co- sort of scored because I've definitely seen the uh, magicians who like, you know, specialize in quick change magic because that's not so much illusion because he goes behind the screen. Mm-hmm. It's not done in a way that's kind of like in front of you. He like goes behind the box and yeah. clearly does a change there. So I think, I, I guess it's kind of scored on a different metric. Yeah. Um, the the switch from the black suit to the white suit was incredibly fast. That was brilliant. Oh, 100%, yeah. And at least he spoke French and English as well. Right. And he's still he's still performing. He's still performing now. Yeah, no one can deny the talent there. That was, it was beautiful. It was an amazing production. Like I've, the whole part where he was doing the bit with the floating head, I'm just like, I know how you do this. But this is still really well done and excellent and just wonderful. I was, I was blown away. He and was hiding then, the stick that that floating head was on very well. Of course. Like everyone knows how <laughs> these, how a lot of these illusions are done, but to do all of that with also a drag element, with also a quick change element. It was fantastic. 
Yeah. Just that one part in the middle made me die, but everything <laughs> else was great. It was like a shit sandwich. It was like started good, uh, ended good. Yeah, that's exactly correct. And because obviously we didn't have to wait for the public to vote, we got our votes relatively fast. I mean, it dragged. It was chaotic. It was, you know, uh, Toto just wanted to make it all about himself, didn't he? And he kept talking when he shouldn't. And they, they're not supposed to give the answers in Italian as well, which kind of stopped, you know, changed all the timing. And, you know, uh, uh, Frank Neff was not impressed, was he? Mr Neff was not happy. No. no. Yeah. We're just hoping against hope that next year none of this stuff is going to go on and the Italians are going to redeem themselves. <laughs> they can't do much worse. No. <laughs> We're going up, 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 as uh, our Swede favourite said. Swede said. Hello, Ankara. Hello, Ankara. <laughs> yeah. I, not going to lie, I skipped forward through a lot of this because I'm just yeah. like, I can't, can't do it. Too much Italian. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Italian, obviously, but I was just yeah. like, I don't, I feel like there's, he's trying to make jokes that oh, are funny. God, yeah, exactly. I don't even think they're funny in Italian. No. And I'm just like, I feel like everyone here is dead. At one point, Gigliola actually says to him, when he's trying to sort of flirt with one of the female um, score givers, you're embarrassing her, she says, <laughs> and he has to stop, you know. And, and and she says that, you know, on international television, stop it, you're embarrassing her. And you think, oh. But I did, there was one lovely point, which if you skip through this too quickly, um, you may have missed, is that um, uh, uh, Israel gives 12 points to France, at which point... Amina gets up, goes over to the Israeli contingent and gives them a big hug and a kiss. Of course, that's a big deal because of course, she's Arab and Muslim and she's kissing the, the Jewish Israelis who've just given her maximum points. And I thought that was a really, really lovely oh, moment. so sweet. Yeah. I, yeah. That was great. I did yeah. pick up on that, yeah. Um, but I, I like Matty. This is the first time in this podcast's history I've skipped through the scores because it was that painful. Usually mm -hmm. I endure it. I'm like, there must be something interesting here. Yeah, but because it's not delivered in English, I mean French. Obviously, like a lot of the early ones were in French, but you know they mm -hmm. also went a lot faster as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, it was. It the was only it other. Was, sorry, oh. sorry, go ahead, darling. I was gonna say the only other thing I noticed was it Greece that didn't give Cyprus twelve points, or Cyprus that didn't give Greece twelve points this time? Oh, really? Because that, one of them. Shocking. Maybe I missed. Maybe I missed in the skip forward, but I was just like, I'm pretty sure one I, of that didn't happen. I think you are right. right. Let's have a look. So, so Cyprus gave their twelve points to Spain. Ooh. Oh dear! Oh no! To, to That's so much worse than I thought it was. <laughs> they only gave Greece ten points. Oh, the oh scandal. lord! Scandal. That's it. That, yeah, that There's a scandal. Like a dipl yeah, diplomatic incident there. Yeah. Not, not, not the annual tradition of uh, exchanging twelve points. No, quite. And there we have it. That was Eurovision 1991. Mm. Oh, obviously, we had the draw, um, but the way they worked it out, we, we did mention we did mention it quickly earlier in the in the episode. Um, was they would then look at who got the most twelve points, but it was a draw, so then you had to look at who got the most ten points, um, which in that case was Sweden. But if it was under the current rules, it's done on which um, country got the most. Um, points regardless of value from the highest amount of countries which would have been in france yeah but i i, I mean 
that was a hard one for him to split because those songs, like I say, I think they were both equally justified in winning. Yeah, I agree. I think they were both really great songs. They both stand the test of time. Um, pers- my p- personal preference is the one that sounds more timeless rather than the one that sounds more of the era. But yeah. whatever, they're fine. They're both great. It's like chocolate or other form of vegan chocolate. It's <laughs> two sides of the same coin. So, yes, that is uh, Eurovision 1991 all wrapped up. And for our next episode, we're going forward in time, but not very far. We're going to the year 2000. Oh, ooh, exciting. I can't remember anything about the year 2000, so I was obviously drunk for the whole thing. No, no, I, w- I will look it up. You were sober. Yes, you were sober, sober as a judge, weren't you? Yes, of course, yes. <laughs> so then, until next time. Bye. 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 La 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 la